You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. Again, all are invited, not all are welcome. The nature of the table itself demands that some people are going to have to make some changes if, they, if they're going to take a seat at that table. So to be welcome at the kingdom table, you have to embrace the values, the ethics, the principles for which the table stands. Welcome to episode 491. My name is Herb Montgomery, and our title this week is All Are Invited, Not All Are Welcome. Our reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 22, 1-14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened calf have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants and mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. The king told the attendant, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited, but few are chosen. So the first thing that I think we have to stress as we think about this week's reading is that the parable is not about heaven. It's about what the Gospels refer to as the kingdom. In the Gospels, the kingdom is Jesus' vision for a just human community. Jesus, remember, was leading a, a Jewish renewal movement, and his kingdom was his vision of what a safe, inclusive community could look like if his society returned to the social justice themes of the Torah. This is the soil out of which both Luke's version of this parable and Matthew's version uh, grew. And these two versions are very different. Most scholars, they believe that, that Luke's version is the oldest. It came first and, and most closely resembles the, the oral parable passed down in the Jesus community between Jesus's crucifixion and and the writing down of the Jesus story. Uh, and but, but this week we're talking about Matthew, but in preparation for that, let's consider Luke's version first because it'll help us understand um, the changes that Matthew made and and possibly why those changes were made. So in Luke's version, 
This is Luke 14, 16-24. It reads, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets, alleys of the towns, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. So in Luke's version, the overall point is that Jesus's kingdom, that community will be composed of those his society marginalized, those whom his society excluded and and pushed to the edges and undersides of, of their society. So this parable it illustrates a common gospel theme in Luke, and that's that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. The elite, the privileged, the property, the powerful, they were invited first and they refused to come. So the gates are then swung wide open. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> They're swung, swung wide open to anyone in the town streets and alleys, including the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, quote unquote. And, and it has to be stressed again that these people were those that Jesus' society shunned. They were in economic terms, the, the lowest of the low. They were often forced into begging for money and even barely surviving. So Luke's Jesus teaches a vision for our world that is a safe, compassionate, just home, especially for those that the present system makes vulnerable to harms. In, in this world, uh, privilege and elitism has no place. So, so those who want to hold on to forms of classism and find that, uh, and, and 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 considering themselves better than others, they find themselves on the outside of Jesus's kingdom. So now, now with that as our backdrop, let's consider Matthew's version. Remember that Matthew's audience was a was much more Jewish than Luke's. Luke's community of of readers was more cosmopolitan. Luke was written in the wake of Paul's and other people's work to include Gentiles in the Jewish Jesus community. But Matthew on the other hand, it, Matthew was written for a Galilean audience. And and although the audience included Gentiles, it was a much more Jewish concentrated community of Jesus followers. Like Luke's gospel, Matthew's gospel was also written after the Roman destruction of Jerusalem in 70 CE. And these Jewish Jesus followers, like all Jews at that time, they were wrestling with what to make of a world that no longer had a Jewish temple and in which Jerusalem was destroyed. In this context, Matthew's author adapts the parable to their community needs. It becomes a parable that explains the destruction of Jerusalem as the result of the leader's rejection 
of the Torah's economic teachings, especially in regards to the poor. Remember, it was the the poor people who revolted in the poor people's revolt of the mid-60s CE, and then their revolt led to the Roman-Jewish War of 66 to 69, which in turn resulted in the destruction of Jerusalem the following year. So I want to steer clear here of, of supersessionism again. I don't interpret Matthew's parable as anti-Jewish or, or pro-Christian. And, and remember, that would be a harmful and, and, and very oversimplistic way to interpret this parable. Again, Matthew's community was composed of a large number of Jewish Jesus followers in and around Galilee. And when, when Matthew refers to an enraged king who sends his army to destroy um, the murderers and to burn their city, he's referring to a long history of the elites and the powerful, those who economically benefited from a system that impoverished others and repeatedly rejected the economic teachings of the Torah in relation to the poor and the Hebrew justice prophets call to return to those teachings. And Jesus's call was to do the same. Jesus stood squarely in the justice tradition of the Hebrew prophets. And so this parable it tells its audience that the recent events in Jerusalem were caused by uh, a refusal among the elites to embrace the economic principles that would have eradicated poverty in their society. There would have been no poor people's revolt if poverty had been eliminated. And this is important. This is not a parable that says Jerusalem was destroyed because the Jews rejected Jesus, so to speak. This is an, uh, remember that, and again, that's a very anti, long history of that being a very anti-Jewish interpretation. This parable instead, it claims that Jerusalem was destroyed for refusing to take care of the poor. And that interpretation can lead us to be an advocate to end poverty today. Interpreting this passage in terms of poverty, I think that harmonizes more with the Hebrew prophets as well. Notice why they stated that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. In Ezekiel 16, 49, it says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. So making this connection, it also helps us understand the last portion of the parable and what that's about um uh, this this person that's found without a wedding garment at the time of matthew's writing the community was expanding the invitation into jesus's kingdom uh, was being extended to those outside of jewish society but that invitation it still came with the warning that weddings require appropriate attire Jesus's kingdom here on earth, it requires regard for people harmed by our world systems. If we disregard the social harm being done to others, especially those most vulnerable to that harm in our present system, we will end up just like those in the parable who were originally invited. And this leads me to, uh, I think, one possible application in our context today. All are invited to sit at the table of justice, but not all are welcome. And what this means, this table that we sit down at, uh, it requires that we stand for something specific. And that something is justice. The justice table 
is about justice for everyone. It's about justice for women, justice for people of color, justice for the LGBTQ community, justice for indigenous people, justice for the poor, and the list could go on and on. This table is about justice for everyone, especially those the present system does harm. Everyone is invited to this table, but to be welcome at the table, one has to take off. Say, for example, <clears throat> the garments of of patriarchy and put on the clothes of egalitarianism one has to take off the garments of racism and put on the clothes of racial justice and inclusion one has to take off the garments of of white supremacy and authoritarianism and and put on the clothes of a of a diverse democratic society one has to take off the garments of homophobia and biphobia and transphobia and put on the clothing of equality one has to take off the garments of colonial and put on the clothing of reparations and repentance. One has to take off the garments of classism even and put on the clothing of resource sharing and wealth redistribution and equity. Again, all are invited. Not all are welcome. The nature of the table itself demands that some people are going to have to make some changes if, they, if they're going to take a seat at that table. So to be welcome at the kingdom table, you have to embrace the values, the ethics, the principles for which the table stands. Because this is a table that is first and foremost about transforming our present world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Heart Group Application this week shared something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your Heart Group. Number two, what are some ways that the parable of the wedding banquet, especially the guy at the end who doesn't have proper attire, how does that inform your justice work today? Share and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, doesn't matter, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you'd like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platform. Uh, you'll you'll t be able to take advantage of all of our daily posts there on whichever platform you choose. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please take a moment through wh wherever you're listening to it uh, to leave us, a, if it's possible, leave us a positive review there. This helps others find this podcast as well. You can watch our new YouTube show called Just Talking each week uh, on YouTube forward slash youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Each week, Todd Leonard and I take a moment to discuss the, the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and, and uh, inclusion and societal justice. Our hope is that our conversation will be just as in 
justice, just talking, and that also during our brief conversation each week, you'll be inspired to do more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, uh, check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking each week on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd, Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button. Leave us a comment there. If you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, remember my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels, is now also available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.